Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm going to be looking at some bounce back running backs for the 2021 fantasy football season. These are guys who were drafted pretty high in 2020, but just did not live up to the expectations. And I'm going to be focusing in on four specific running backs. And the first one is going to be Ezekiel Elliott, who was a locked in top five pick in 2020, but he ended up finishing the season as the RB 17 in points per game and RB11 in total points. So really it doesn't matter how you frame it. He was definitely a disappointment in terms of where he was drafted, but that doesn't mean that he won't be able to regain his high-end RB1 value this year in 2021. Of course, a huge factor of Zeke's letdown of a 2020 season had to be Dak Prescott's injury. Dak went down after week five, which obviously is going to hurt Zeke because you know when Dak is out there, teams have to respect the pass and the run, which can open things up for Zeke. But if Dak goes down, defenses no longer have to respect that passing attack and they can stack the boxes and just lock in on stopping Ezekiel Elliott, which obviously is only going to hurt him for fantasy. And during the season, Zeke dealt with a hamstring strain and a calf contusion, which obviously isn't going to help his play. And then this offensive line was also just plagued with injuries. So a lot of things just working against Zeke last year, Dak's injuries, his own injuries, and then the offensive line's injuries. But if you look at the five games that Dak played with Zeke, Zeke was the RB5 in points per game, so he was well on his way to living up to that pre-draft ADP, and I expect that Zeke to show up this year. Like I mentioned, with Dak on the field, defenses have to worry about the passing game, and they can't just lock in on Zeke. And in those five games, Zeke averaged 17.8 carries per game and 6.4 targets per game. So that is great volume for your workhorse back. I have essentially no concerns when it comes to Tony Pollard in this offense. In the five games where Dak was healthy, I'm gonna keep referencing that five games because I think that's the most accurate sample size of what this Cowboys offense is gonna be. And so in those five games, Tony Pollard was only averaging 2.6 carries per game and two targets so he was really a non-factor. And you know, I think they only started to use him more and more when Zeke was a little bit banged up, that O-line was banged up, and you just don't wanna put all that extra pressure on your high-paid workhorse, especially when you're not looking great in terms of making a playoff run. So you take some of the pressure off of Zeke and kind of save him for another day. And I really think that's what the Cowboys did. Zeke is on a huge contract and whether or not you think you know it was smart for the Cowboys to sign him, it is completely irrelevant because he is locked into that deal and they are gonna be using him as the workhorse. He's one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL and they're not gonna have Zeke involved in some kind of timeshare backfield. It's just not gonna happen. In Zeke's first four years in the NFL, he's finished as a high-end RB1, and I truly expect him to return to that level this year. Next up, I have Austin Eckler, who was selected as an early second-round pick in 2020. He finished the 2020 season as the RB14 in points per game, which at his ADP doesn't seem like much of a disappointment, but as a guy who had a lot of Eckler shares, it definitely felt that way if you were an Eckler owner. He really just had a lot going against him in 2020. The offensive line was just terrible, arguably one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. You had Tyrod Taylor starting week one, which just kind of got his season off to a weird start. He barely got targeted in that first game, which was really weird to see. And then he missed six games with that bad hamstring strain, a super unfortunate injury. And then, you know, he kind of gets unlucky with touchdowns and has some strange usage in this offense. 
It's just a lot of kind of weird stuff going on. But going into 2021, this offensive line is significantly better than it was in 2020. It went from being PFF's worst ranked offensive line in the NFL to likely a top 10 unit. You bring in an all pro center in Corey Lindsley, upgrade a guard position, and then take the second best tackle in the draft class. I mean, it's only looking up in that department. And I also love the new offensive coordinator in terms of Austin Eckler's usage. Joe Lombardi was the Saints quarterback coach since 2016, and we see how the Saints used Alvin Kamara. And I really think Eckler has a very similar play style to Alvin Kamara in terms of their abilities as dual threat backs. And so if Austin Eckler is able to log a full season, he is a lock for 100 targets and is bound for improved rushing attack and an increase in touchdowns. And so Austin Eckler is definitely a guy I'm going to be buying back into this year. Now I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was picked as a late first rounder. That is really painful to read just because you did not get a very solid return on that investment. He finished as the RB23 in points per game. And even if he wasn't living up to his ADP at the beginning of the year, he was still producing very effectively. In the first six weeks of the season, that was before Le'Veon Bell played his first game. Le'Veon played in week seven. So in those first six weeks, CEH was averaging 17.8 carries per game and 5.2 targets per game. Those volume numbers are very close to what Zeke was putting up with Dak in the lineup. But then after those six weeks, CEH was basically tossed into an RB committee with Le'Veon Bell and then also dealt with injuries towards the end of the year. But going into this season, the Chiefs didn't re-sign Le'Veon Bell. That's obviously not going to happen after Bell kind of ripped on Andy Reid. That came out of nowhere. And then they also released Damian Williams, who I originally was worried about because he had proven himself to be a pretty effective NFL running back, but he's gone. And them releasing Williams really tells me that they're ready to, you know, hand the workload over to Austin Eckler. They want to use him as the workhorse, and it is really time for him to take over this backfield. And in a high-scoring offense like the Chiefs, there's really no chance that CEH gets as unlucky with touchdowns as he did last year. And I think this is really going to be his true breakout. All right, the last player I'm going to talk about is Chris Carson. And Chris Carson was picked as a late second or early third round pick in 2020. And he actually finished as RB13 in points per game, which was a little bit surprising to me. But due to injuries and a decrease in production towards the end of the season, he definitely didn't seem like a guy who was a borderline RB1. Chris Carson is just not going to be a flashy pick but I really expect him to put together another high-end RB2 season. I've talked about this a bunch, but people seem to think that Chris Carson is injury-prone. He missed four games in 2020, but Carson only missed three total games in 2018 and 2019 combined, and he also has finished with at least 1,300 scrimmage yards and nine total touchdowns in both 2018 and 2019. So that is some pretty solid consistency. And then if you look at his finishes the last three years, in 2018, he was the RB13, 2019, RB12, and then like I mentioned, he was RB13 again in 2020. So he's basically a lock to be a low-end RB1 or a very high-end RB2, and he re-signed with the Seahawks on a two-year $14.7 million deal. That is a very solid contract for a running back, which makes me just even more confident that Chris Carson is going to operate as the workhorse. People still seem to be worried about Rashad Penny. I mean, what has Seattle done to tell us that they want Rashad Penny to have a meaningful role in this offense? 
they really haven't done anything. In three seasons, Rashad Penny has missed 21 games, and I think he's just locked into the backup role. If Chris Carson goes down, you know, then Rashad Penny may have some value, but I really think it's going to be Chris Carson leading this backfield. And he also showed improvement and increased involvement in the receiving game in 2020, which just gives his ceiling a little bit of an added boost. So I think Chris Carson is a locked-in RB2 this year and is going to be a value as a late third or early fourth round pick. All right, that is going to wrap it up for my bounce back running backs. I went through four players, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Chris Carson. I think those guys are definitely going to rebound this year and put up some impressive fantasy seasons. But that's all I have for you guys today. If you enjoyed the content, all I ask is that you guys leave a like and subscribe to the channel. That would really help me out a lot. And then also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Do you guys think these guys are going to bounce back? Maybe you have some other candidates for bounce back seasons. Let me hear it and give me your reasoning down below and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But thank you guys again for stopping by and I'll see you tomorrow.